Uh, good morning. Uh, my name is Stephen Cavaldo. Thank you for watching. Uh, today I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, Matthew 5, go over some things and, uh, um, you know, maybe uh, clarify a few things, things that have become clearer to me over time as, I, as I've studied passages like this. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a fairly well-known passage. Uh, Matthew 5 begins with the um, beatitudes, what's known as the beatitudes, ways in which you can be blessed. You know that uh, this is this is the uh, what they call the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, <clears throat> and he tells people the ways in which they can be blessed, in which they can be happy. You know how 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 is it? I mean, how would you behave if God is love? Then how would you behave in order to have the, the happy fulfillment of, of of love, which is the substance of God, right? And so, basically, I, I'm, I'm not going to go through every verse in this or in chapter 5, but uh, I just want to hit some, hit some key points. That, that you would be happy, blessed are the, the uh, repentance, which really means the poor in spirit, those people who perhaps have turned away from God, they've gone into some darkness or negative entity, <clears throat> and then they turn back, they turn back to God, they re-embrace the love of God. They're blessed, because that, that's what the kingdom of heaven is. That's what the kingdom of heaven is about. It's... Uh, Knowing the love of God uh, and Christ uh, and operating that way. That's what the kingdom of heaven is. And that's, that's really the uh, regeneration or so-called born-again experience is that when you, when you know this, when you know you have these things inside of you. Right. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be, because they will be comforted. And this is really the way uh, life is. We have free will and we agree to certain things and we do certain things and there are consequences. And... Uh, you know, God knows what we've, what what we're what we're we're doing and what we've agreed to do. You know, in this particular existence, and uh, sometimes uh, we enter into a state of mourning because of uh, circumstances around us. This is this is not to be considered somehow uh, abnormal. There's a lot of teaching, especially in Christianity, that you should be happy all the time because you believe in Christ. Well, actually, that I don't know if I would say it has nothing to do with it, but that life is what it is. Life is what you have. You, you've made it to be through your free will decisions because the, the, the creator endows you with certain possibilities and you have free will uh, to use what he has given you uh, to create your own possibilities, to create your own life, to bear fruit and bring that fruit back to uh, the creator and distribute it to, to other people, to yourself and to other people, to help, to give, to serve, that type of thing. Blessed are the humble, because they will inherit the earth. The humble or faithful people, the people who, who continue to, to walk in the love of God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, because they will be filled, satisfied. So the righteousness, it's not legalism or self-righteousness or, or anything like that. It's that, are you seeking truth? Are you seeing, seeking to do God's will? Uh, are you seeking to be in his plan and his timing? Because uh, very often we have ideas of uh, things we want to do, but it isn't. It, it might not be what God has for us. Uh, and very often it's just not the right moment. You know, you, you live in this moment and what you know, you know what's possible to do in this moment to be operating in the kingdom. But it might, might not be the time for something else that you think you want to do. So that's a very important area of discernment is the, the, the timing of the divine plan. Everything in its correct time. And if it's not happening, then it's might be that it would happen at a different time. But the, the, the one thing is, one problem with it is that the timing is not right. So, uh, Blessed are those who forgive because they will be forgiven. And that's it. We've been forgiven. 
You know, I mean, this, uh, you know, what Jesus did for us was just, uh, you know, was really the manifestation of the love that God has for us and that we are forgiven, that uh, we're not uh, depraved humanity, that there, there's no need to say a sinner's prayer or to keep going back and saying, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I did this, I did that. I mean, if you want to talk to God and say, okay, I, I blew it um, and, you know, help me do better or what this type of thing. I mean, if you want to do that, that's fine. But really everything... Everything is done. It's it's you you're loved. You're forgiven. And this this idea of you know, turning the whole faith experience into you know I, I have to say a sinner's prayer, which is not there in the Bible. I have to say the sinner's prayer because of human depravity, so that I can have eternal security. I mean, it's just you're just kind of going around in circles. You know, it's just uh, the the point is that God is love, and the forgiveness has already been given. It's already there. And you know, Jesus became a uh, you know, a, a symbol of that with what he did. He he lived and he died and rose and uh, and ascended. You know, he he uh, he laid down his life and he rose to to greater life, and that's really what we are invited to do. Uh, this is what uh, we are created to do. We're called to do uh, is to keep operating in God's love, keep operating in His kingdom. Blessed are the pure in heart, because they will see God. Uh, what what's your intent? What's your motivation for doing something? Um, people have all kinds of debates. Should I do this? Should I do that? You know, there are a bunch of things like that. You know, should I look at tarot? Should I look at Ouija? Should I do yoga? Should I do this? Should I do that? It's what's the intent and what's the motivation and what, what type of, what type of intent is associated with that? Is there, is it a, these things that you propose to do in this circumstance that you're in, uh, is uh, is it associated with light or is it associated with darkness? So many many times it's not uh, it's not the thing itself. It's kind of what's around it. You know <laughs> what's what surrounds it. The intent or motivation or scientifically speaking, the creative energy uh, about it. You know, is it positive? Is uh, is it positive or negative? Is it um, is it light or darkness? Basically, is it truth or deception? So that's really what you have to know, uh, and what you have to discern, what you have to be alert to know. It, it isn't so much what it is, it's what uh, what comes with it. Right? Blessed are the peacemakers, because they will be called children of God. Uh, and there is that passage that says, inasmuch as it depends on you to be at peace with others, you have to know when that peace means that you have to, you have to kind of turn away. You know, and separate yourself. Sometimes, you know, keeping the peace means you have to do that. Other times you can confront and eventually have some kind of a dialogue and make peace. I find there's a, in the current world situation that we're living in, there's an awful lot of, you know, you run up against people and, you know, try to talk to them about certain things and they're not receptive. There's nothing you can do. I mean, you know, we sort of, you know, especially in Christianity, it's almost like some kind of a quota system that you're expected to go around and try to save people. But really, people have to make their own decision what they believe. And uh, you, you can't, I mean, you, you can't do that for people. You can, you can explain to them what's available. Uh, you can try to be an example of something, uh, example of some of these characteristics that you see here in the Beatitudes. You can do, you can do that. But, but ultimately, it's not, it, it isn't really about saving other people it's about uh what are you doing to draw closer to god in in christ and and uh and, and the word of god 
truth. You know, what, what are you doing? Because if you do that, and then people will see it, then they might they, they might be motivated to to change something, or, or they might not. But you can't do anything about that. I mean, it's a, I I know I, I talk to people all the time who are, who are uh, frustrated that uh, uh, you know that. Uh, you know about things like the the vaccination and this and that. You know, and why 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 are all my family members so uh, so you know absolutely committed to taking this? You know, without even having studied it. Well, uh, you know, all, all you can say to them is, well, uh, you know, you you told them. You know, you told them. You know, you looked at it, you considered it, you studied it. This is what you found, and so you decided not to take it, for example. But you know, everyone else in your family wants to take it. And then on top of that, you tried to do a service, a good service for them, which they rejected, and then they shun you. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's all kinds of situations like that. So it isn't really your responsibility to go around and be trying to save people. People have to uh, come to the knowledge of the truth themselves. If you can help them, if you can guide them, you know, be like, like a guide, you know, they talk about the, the guardian angels that are, you know, kind of spiritual guides and this type of thing that, that we have. Uh, and and this is this is really what you can do, and I, I would say it's it's really all you can do. I mean, you know, tell them about the truth of of, of God and Christ, and and you know, truthfully how Yeshua fits into it, and the Word of God, and this type of thing, and that's that's what you can do. You know, it's... blessed are those who press on for the sake of righteousness, who hunger and thirst and press on. So there is some type of perseverance in life that's that's important, and that that is uh, not giving up, sticking with it even when things are difficult, uh, because, you know, people believe that somehow if they, if they uh, say that they believe in Christ, all of a sudden the problems go away and they're not going to have to stick with certain things in times of difficulties. No, there's, there's, gonna, there's a race to run, so to speak, and you stick with it, uh, you know, till, till the end as much as you can. You, you seek truth, uh, operate in love, take the flack for that, and you, you, you do that until the very end, right? I mean, that's... Uh, and, and when you've run the race, that, that's it. When, we, when you've done all you can do, stand. Stand on that. Right? In a situation in your life, uh, you know, based on your free will decisions, what you, what you uh, purposed to do, what you agreed to do, and then how it, how it all turned out, you know, you take responsibility for that. And, and, uh, and that's it. You, you, you move on after this life to the next, the next stage. Right? And then, blessed are you when they would revile you and they would persecute you and would say all manner of evil against you falsely because of me, because of Christ, you must continually rejoice and be extremely joyful because your reward is great in the heavens. For in this way they persecuted the prophets, the ones who were before you. So um, as badly as it feels, you know, when all of this negative stuff comes at you, uh, you really have to absorb it. Really, there's nothing you can really do about it. As far as stopping it from coming, uh, it's you have to absorb it. It's going to have an, an effect on you. And I was reading someone, you know, saying that you know recently when a lot of negative things have been released, uh, you know what what impact that has on their, their their physical body. Like they have to lie down and rest and this type of thing. And, and from time to time, I feel that way myself. But that that's really the negative coming at you, and you have to you have to absorb that. Uh, but you're blessed for that. You know, God says that you're blessed for that. That's that's not a bad thing, uh, because you're doing it with the right intent. You're doing it for the right reason. You're doing it to further the kingdom. You're doing it to seek truth. You're doing it to love a God and yourself and others. So that's 
that's sort of the, the highest motivation that, that there can be is to do it for the love of God and your, and your neighbor and, and yourself, right? And now uh, in Matthew 5, I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit more uh, about some of the teachings. Uh, there's the salt and light teaching is that, uh, you know, basically we should be light, we should not be darkness. But then there are a series of, you know, six or seven teachings where it's really a conversation that uh, Jesus is having with the people he's dealing with about the old teachings, the Mosaic or Levitical teachings versus the, 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 the pure, you know, sort of the, the, the pure, completed, perfected uh, teachings of, of the Word of God. Of, uh, and so he's going to raise certain principles, and it's a conversation. It's not a detailed action plan where you have to commit to every step and do it a certain way at a certain time. It's just Jesus saying, well, did you hear about this teaching from the Old Covenant, from uh, Moses and Levit Leviticus. Well, that's part of the teaching, but really it goes a little further than that. I mean, the really the the the, the completed teaching is this other thing, and, and some very interesting issues are raised. You know, issues that uh, certainly Christians and I'm sure others you know have been arguing about for for uh, uh, for a long time, and um, you know, with a great deal of self righteousness in many cases. But I, I think it's important to to realize that Jesus came. To kind of perfect or complete what was what was being taught, there were there were the Mosaic and Levitical teachings, and then Jesus became the 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 perfecter of all of that. Um, the, the he came to teach the complete, the the, the pure teachings, and then after that, uh, well, you have uh, you know Paul had his churches that he his congregations that he did things with, and uh, uh, you know Paul Paul you can you can learn quite a bit from Paul, but he also had some uh, some issues, uh, just as Mosaic society was extremely patriarchal, uh, Paul's viewpoint of fellowship was, or you know, got the gathering together of the of the children. Uh, his view of that was was quite patriarchal, and that's that's not today's subject. But uh, uh, really, we need we don't need patriarchal or matriarchal. What we need is you know, man and woman are equal before God. That's what we need. So, all right, some of these teachings, teachings, teachings about the teaching, what's in general, you could, you could call it Torah, but more, Torah usually refers to the first five books. So the teaching about the teaching, do not think that I came to do away with or to bring an incorrect interpretation to the teaching or the prophets. I did not come to do away with, but to bring spiritual abundance, in other words, to teach the fullness of the teachings, for the teaching to be obeyed as it should be in God's promises to receive fulfillment. For truly I say to you, until the sky and the earth would pass away, not one jot or tittle or yod or vav could ever pass away from the teaching until everything would come to pass. So here, you know, there, there, is, a, there is a divine plan, and we go uh, from one stage to another, and eventually, you know, uh, age of peace, you know, and uh, a new heaven and new earth, this type of thing. Um, heaven on earth, uh, and e everything that is part of the divine plan has to come to pass, whatever it is. And we, you know, we don't know even for our own lives every every uh, jot and tittle of, of what there is that is supposed to come uh, into our lives. But that's this is what God's saying is that there's a fullness of the plan, and the plan is not complete until uh, all elements have been fulfilled. Right. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, it's not a partial plan, it's a full, complete plan, and it keeps going, right? And a teaching about anger. So so this is this conversation that Jesus is having, having with uh, some people who are listening. Uh, you heard that it was said to the ancients, in other words, Mosaic teaching, Levitical teaching, do not murder, and whoever would murder, that one would be guilty in the judgment. 
And I say to you that everyone who's angry with his brother will be guilty in the judgment. So in other words, God is going to correct you if you're just kind of an angry person, right? It's, it's not simply uh, do not murder. It's just, it's, it's also... Um, if you're just angry, if you're if you're angry with people, there are people who carry around tremendous amounts of anger. That's part of judgment or the correction that God has to give. And 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 the thing is, you know, people say, "Well, I don't want to try this. I don't want to try that. I might be deceived. You know, there might be, uh, you know, it might be Satan. It might be demons. Well, anything's possible. But but people don't want to try things because they're afraid. No, try what you want to try, and if the creator is nudging you with some type of correction, then you listen to the correction, right? Then you should follow the correction. But it's not an excuse not to try things because, oh, I might be deceived, I can't try this, I can't try that. Try it. If, you, if it's on your heart that you want to try it, try it and see if the Almighty comes in with some type of correction. That that would be the judgment. And, uh, you know, judgment as far as the the kind of, you know, e e eternal judgment, you know, you may end, end up uh, very uncomfortable with the results of what you did in a, in a lifetime. But uh, judgment, it's it's not the eternal hellfire that we've been taught. I'm going to talk more about that in another in another message. The eternal hellfire is a very limited thing that's in the book of Revelation, which is a highly symbolic book anyway. And, uh, you know, we can talk about heaven and hell. That's a legitimate discussion. But the eternal hellfire judgment, uh, I, I don't believe that that's what those that limited passage uh, of Revelation really means. But there, but there is judgment. There is correction. We can't get around that. Is that uh, we are trying to work out certain things that we've we've done incorrectly and try to get them correct and try to be in right standing with the Creator on those things, right? And whoever would say to his brother, empty-headed, that one is guilty to the Sanhedrin. Whoever would say stupid is guilty in the Gehenna of the fire. So I'll, I'll burn in hell forever because I'm always calling people things, you know, like, you know, fathead and bonehead and stuff like that. That's exactly what this is, you know. So, I, so for me, I'm gone. I'm a goner. So anyway, that's, uh, that's one teaching. And then another subject comes up. You heard that it was said you will not commit adultery. But I'm saying to you that everyone who looks at a woman with desire for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Okay, so what he's saying is really, and you can love different people. You have to learn how to behave respectfully and decently and not do harm to people and damage to people by the way you behave. But you, may, you can love any number of people. What he's talking about is lust. The eros, right? I mean, the uh, it, and it, it's not. It, it's you know, some people say, well, I didn't actually, you know, I'm married and I didn't actually have sex with someone else, so I'm fine. Well, no, if you had this kind of excessive uh, physical uh, attraction, then th that too, that too would be something that, that you shouldn't have. That's a for, that's a, a a form of adultery, even though it's not the physical fulfillment of it. So that's what Jesus is saying. He sees completing the teaching is that our thoughts and our motivations are important. It isn't simply, well, did I do this thing that everyone says is bad? It's, well, what were you thinking about someone, right? I mean, that's, and it's, and I'm not talking about true love. You, 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 sometimes you have to manage your true, you, you might truly love a number of people, but you, you also have to behave in, in a loving and, and responsible way and not, not hurt people, not damage people. Uh, and he goes on, and if your right eye causes you to sin, and this is fairly famous, you must tear it out at once and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members would be lost and that your whole body would not be cast into Gehenna. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you 
that one of your members would be lost, but your whole body would not go over into Gehenna. So this, this is a good passage for those, and I will say, numbskulls, who think that every word has to be taken literally. So, okay, so we should have all be, we should all be blind and have no hands. I mean, if, you, if, really, if, if, if every word is to be taken literally and not as a teaching lesson, symbolically, then we should all be that way, with no, no eyes and no hands. No, be careful what you allow yourself to see or hear. I'll extend it to other senses. And be careful what you do. Just be careful, be alert, be discerning, be wise. That's the fullness of the teaching. It's not just the check the box. Well, I never cheated physically on my wife. I never had sex with someone who wasn't my wife. So that's it. No, no, there's, there's other things too, the way you behave, right? All of us. And um, teaching about divorce, this is another one that the mainstream evangelical Christians, they, they love to get up on their high horse about. And it was said, whoever would divorce his wife must immediately give her a certificate of divorce. Well, that's it. The Bible says you can get a divorce. It's not going into all the reasons. It's not going into who was right, who was wrong. It, it's, it's not saying that you cannot get divorced. But the point that Jesus is making, and this, this is a conversation on different topics. It's not sort of, a, you know, that he's writing this manual of things that you have to do uh, in a certain order. But I'm saying to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except for grounds of immorality, makes her to be an adulteress. And whoever would marry a divorced woman is committing adultery. Well, adultery is also idolatry. And um, what, what it really means is, okay, you should try to work it out. I mean, there's really no, if you really love each other, then you shouldn't get a divorce unless it's the most serious, you know, unless it's for among the most serious reasons. You know, he's, he's not saying you do it, get divorced, don't get divorced. He's saying that it's a serious matter. If you're married, you try to work it out. And only if it's for the most serious reasons and you can't work it out, then you would get a divorce. But it would have to be for those the, you know, the, the, the most uh, egregious uh, problems, right? And another one. Again, you heard that it was said to the ancients, the Mosaic Levitical teaching, right? You will not swear falsely, and you will keep your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you not to swear at all, neither by heaven, because it is the throne of God, nor by the earth, because it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, because it is the city of the great king, nor by your head, may you swear, because you're not able to make one hair white or black. So don't load us up with a bunch of BS that you're not going to follow up on. That's what he's saying. You know, you will not swear falsely. And he's, Jesus is saying, don't swear at all. Uh, meaning, don't make empty promises. But your word must consistently be definitely yes or definitely no. And what goes beyond these is from the evil one. So, so there should be a simplicity and a clarity in your ability to make decisions. You should be able to make clean and clear and consistent decisions, yes or no. Uh, once in a while, there are things you have to consider, other things you have to consider. But basically, as a decision maker, I do it, I don't do it. You know, it's truth or it's not truth. It's God or it's not God. It's light or it's darkness. You know, it's a, the, the decisions should not be that difficult. And you've got... You've got the stirring of the Spirit to help you. You've got the Spirit of God within, right? The Spirit of Christ within to help you. You know, sometimes, you you know, in the in the world, you might call it something like conscience. You've got something in you that kind of stirs you one way or the other. Do it, don't do it, yes or no. But the de decision should be clean and clear. And, uh, you know, if you work for different organizations and see how decisions are made and how very often decisions are confused or ambiguous, uh, 
either because of incompetence or of a desire to control people and confuse people. But this is the way the world operates. This is the way Babylon operates. This is not the way the, the children of uh, the Most High are supposed to operate. And teaching about retaliation, you heard that it was said, you know, going back to the old, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not stand against the evil person, but who strikes you in your right cheek, you must at once also turn the other to him, either separate, go away, or, you know, give me your best shot, you can't hurt me. And to the one who wishes to sue you and to take your tunic, you must also let him have your cloak. I don't have a, a, an abnormal attachment to stuff, to things, to material things, right? And who will force you one mile, you must now go two with him. You know, I can keep up with you. I'm in great shape and I can do whatever you can do. And you know, you're not going to outdo me in your arrogance, right? Or, you know, I don't want to be arrogant like, like you. I can, I can keep up with you. And to the one who asks you, you must give and do not resist the one wanting to borrow from you. Now, the one wanting to borrow from you, he may or may not pay back. But be as generous as you can be without being a sap, you know, without being, uh, being a sucker. You have to have this discernment. You have to have um, this, uh, this alertness of mind, this clarity of mind, this uh, clarity in your viewing of situations and in your ability to make decisions, yes or no, kingdom, not kingdom. And uh, love your enemies. You heard that it was said you will love your neighbor and you will hate your enemy. Well, you might hate what your enemy does, but I'm saying to you, you must love your enemies and you must pray for those who persecute you so that you would become children of your father, the one in the heavens, because he makes his sun rise on evil and good and reigns on the righteous and unrighteous. So God created us all. He loves us all. So even the ones that are not uh, living that way, well, you know, you, you give as much you give love back don't let yourself be harmed by it you may have to walk away in some cases but you give love back because that person is a child of god as well and uh let the creator take care of the situation but you do your thing as much as you can your peace with other people as much as it depends on you you love and you know you turn away when you have to you turn turn the other cheek turn away if you have to if you cannot be with that person because you're being damaged by their lack of love then you have absolutely the right to turn away and for if you would love those who love you what reward do you have that's easy do not even the tax collectors do this and if you would respect only your brothers what are you doing that is remarkable do not even the heathens do this therefore you must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect perfect meaning just just uh operate in the complete teaching right you know, not not just the sort of partial you know old you know mosaic levitical but in the complete teaching of christ so that's uh, pretty much chapter five matthew five so i'll stop there and i will just read uh our psalm of protection, Psalm 91, to close, and I'll thank you for listening. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Surely He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the destructive pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers, and under His wings you will find refuge. His truth will be your shield and buckler. You will not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand will fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Only with your eyes will you behold and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, the Most High, your habitation. There will no evil befall you, neither will any plague come near your dwelling. For he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. 
They will bear you up in the palms of their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and otter, the young lion and the serpent you will trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He will call upon me, and I will answer him. I am with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Thank you very much for listening. Have a good day. Talk to you soon. Bye for now.